0: Well, folks, we made it back here, 4,200. We've taken it out with a couple closes. Let's make a strong bid. Let's keep it above there. Today, chip wreck in China, who cares? We're going to buy other stuff. Apple downgrade, who cares? Meta down on EU news. Who cares? They're buying that up. Folks, this is Monday. This is pre-market prep. Let's get it started. All right. Good morning. We're up two and three quarters handles at forty two oh seven seventy five little dip overnight, but right back green on the session high close for the move that was made on Thursday at forty two twelve and also the high on Friday that's your high of the move 42 2775 you have the buck at 103 right on the nose that's down seven cents bonds flat at 127 and 630 seconds crude quietly moving away from 70 bucks that's up 36 cents at 7205 gold in the red by 640 1975 20 silver under 24 that's down 14 cent to 2392 And but bitcoin futures are pretty flat down 35 bucks at 26850 long time no see with triple d triple d how you doing out there
2: Hammered on it so i'm trying Trying to work out. I was good until 8 a.m. Eastern here, and I'm on the wrong side of news here, so um, I don't even want to talk about it. But, You're scrambling?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. scrambling
2: here. Holy mackerel. So that's one of those days it looks like it's going to be, but it was already not a good day, and it just went and imploded
0: on me. So this is the life of a trader. Eight o'clock, the eight o'clock news blitz. Okay. All right. Uh, let's bring in long-lost money Mitch here. And uh, Mitch, how you doing today?
1: Not bad at all, not bad at all. Just getting ready to get back into, of course, the wheelhouse. Of course, when you miss a couple of days, you gotta really start getting right back into tune with the market. One thing that I could clearly see is we did get to the famous 420 on the spy yeah. last week. So that's something definitely to point to. And that would have been where I called the bull market. Now we're pulling back a little bit from that. So I think that maybe we could get a little bit of a pullback. But at this point, I think, yeah. To be kind of bearish is kind of on the wrong tune here, at least unless the
0: price action completely well, starts we get, to You know what's it, interesting right? too is, uh, you know, this, this debt ceiling. I don't know how many people have, you know, you talk, oh, are you worried about the debt ceiling? I'm like, well, yeah. there's a lot of other things to worry about, you know. Uh, but the market still, you know, seems to be climbing higher. I believe we have uh, some speeches going on right now. It's get it, get done. You know, it's just a matter of if and when and, you know, who wants to, you know, hold out longer and who wants to do the haggling. But, uh, well, let's get let's get to some stocks this morning because we've been led by tech, right? The whole way mm-hmm. up. Uh, a lot of this by the big boys, by the big chippers, uh, Nvidia, you know, AMD. But uh, China's trying to put a little dent in that rally today with uh, not being nice to Micron. What do you got for me?
1: All right, let's get to that news, of course. I'm going to put it on the banner there, and I just fixed the title there. I saw you, chat mention that. appreciate you guys, like always. Let's get to the action here, of course. China's administration here, Cyberspace Administration, said that Micron's products had failed its network security review, posing threats to its national security. The administration said that operators of critical information infrastructure in China should stop purchasing Micron products. Of course, we'll see how this affects other chip stocks today. We can definitely take a look underneath the hood. What relationships do you think will get hit the most on this, Dennis? Oh gosh, I'm still buried
2: here. So I'm just trying to get out of this hole here. Okay. Okay. It's no bad worries. when you get when you have news and you're doing a live podcast and the news hits at eight o'clock and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm scrambling. Just one stock here that I'm in. Um no worries. Yeah, so I'm trying to concentrate on the show. Uh, I was like all ready for the show and get nailed. I'll talk news. first. I'll give you. I'll give uh, you. Uh, get, go and I'm trying to. Should get Should we of start them. at fifteen? No,
1: no, no worries. No worries. You guys are you good. Got, you guys got eight a.m. news. So. I did
2: by myself or
1: with Aaron. me and Aaron last week. You guys got this. <laughs> you can <could> do it. <laughs> exactly. So micron, right? Of course. One thing that we were talking about, and this was about, I would say, I don't know, six, eight months ago, we were talking, right, that there was kind of like this battle that was going on underneath where the U.S was starting to come after the chips, right? Well, this is the battle back, I think, right? Um, We were waiting to see what really China would do. I think this is their first step in their battle back against the US and trying to impose restrictions against them. Well, they just are just reversing it here. And of course, this came a lot after the G7 uh, conversations. It seems like China was a little bit offended at the g seven um so that came right after that. i don't know how much that really had to do with this or this was already planned, but now I think that we got to also be watching what happens with the semiconductor equipment stocks, right, like lamb research, like those types of stocks right it, um those are the kind of stocks that I could see taking a big hit today right and uh, so
0: and uh had uh, a big hit I mean this whole. China debt, I mean, these are things that are pretty consistent, been going on for quite a long time. I think what we could do now, instead of like trying to predict, because what what comes out of China, what the US does, is unpredictable. Uh they bought the tip in this micron. I mean, you know, if you're up sixty-three fifty-four is the pre-market low, you're almost three bucks off that. So so far. The street is not too, you know, it's shrugging off. At least they're buying it. Still, if you're coming long, you're down, you know, whatever, 220. But that's way off the low of the session. Let's just look at, uh, made the high of the move on Thursday. Let's just keep it simple. 66.43 was yesterday's low, Friday's low. That's re- we're above it now. So I'd say as long as this holds to 66.43, you know, maybe you'll see the close at 68.17. I take on a pullback here, if they come in, uh, Really start to hit it. It's gonna have what It's gonna take a while to get down to that pre-market low. Your next daily low, hmm. sixty-five zero eight. That's still two bucks away. Now AMD. Wow, I saw this. Dennis, Dennis you still got your AMD? Yeah, I'm
2: still on AMD.
0: Great. Okay. Uh that's you know, hasn't been affected by the news as much. Had a great run last week. I'd just be looking at this uh the close and see if you could establish a bit over the close. 10582 was the close. Uh the high for the move was made on Thursday at one oh eight ten and then NVIDIA, holy mackerel. Then did, did this thing even blink at three hundred? Not really. Uh you you see the inside day from yesterday. Minor resistance at that close, twelve sixty-four. High the move sixteen seventy eight. Dennis, you got got any comments on the chips? Um, obviously you get the pullback here, at Micron today.
2: They're already buying the dip. So if you go back to MU, it was down three or four dollars oh, yeah. just a few minutes ago. So I mean we're ripping roaring higher here now. I'm not sure if something else was said here, but if you look at MU just in the last 20 minutes, it has really started to rally back. And you're seeing all the chips come back. They were all down heavily this morning. Micron got out on the 63 handle. It's a 66 handle. They cannot lay off buying chips. So as soon as you get a little bit of a dip, they're just so, un- people are so underweight the chips and they think the AI movement, every time chips are pulling back, Micron, NVIDIA, AMD, <laughs> yeah. they're finding quick buyers here. So same Thanks thing MU here today pulls back five bucks off the hop that was silly obviously and it's only down two here now so by the dippers already emerging here at 809 in the morning
1: okay at 808 there was a report put out by Reuters here I think that's what got this moving um so definitely there was a the report Micron technology says to continue cooperating with Cybersecurity Administration go. of China and working to understand details about their security concerns and that came from Reuters yeah. And that was right at 808. We have it in the Benzinga Pro, of course, at 808.41. So you can see right like right before even 808, it hit there right on the tape, started to move there.
2: Yeah. So we're seeing big bounces here in the chips here right now. Um does yeah, that so-
1: completely shake it off, you think Dennis?
2: No, I don't think it'll completely shake it off. Micron's its own animal, too. I mean, DRAM. I mean, it's it's a funny stock. So it's a stock that I struggle to trade, and I've actually had on the restricted list before, but then I take it (laughs) off. It's a very hard stock to trade because there's so much independent news coming out of this thing all the time. I mean, the last time Samsung came out, remember, and Samsung was cutting production. Yep. And they're like, they bought Micron up 10%. It was one of my worst trades in over a year. I was short Micron and it just ripped rallied on that. And I was like, how does this make any sense? Came back in five days later, but you know, at the time, you know, it just you know, this stock, just like on headlines, it's it's like most wicked headline stock. You get a headline on it and they hammer it like they did this morning. And then you get the upside, and then they rip it. It is like a headline stock. And if you try to you know, trade something like this technically, you get whipsawed on headlines on this one. I hate trading the stock.
1: All right. Um, Micron is going to be definitely an interesting situation today. We'll see how it affects technology overall. <clears throat> I mean, that's what's been lifting all tides, right? We'll see if that can continue going there. Now let's get to the next major headline. Let's go and talk a little bit about Meta of course, and they're being hit with a record 1.2 billion euro fine by its lead European Union privacy regulator over its handling of user information and given five months to stop transferring users' data to the United States. You
2: see this headline, I feel like, come out of metal once a month, where it's something you know to do with oh, the way they're using users' data, the way where they're selling the data, and they hammer the stock and then they just buy it back. So the ultimate buy the dip stock has been meta here for the last six months. Um, Is this headline going to be the one that breaks it? I don't think so. There could be another headline that breaks it, but I don't think this is the one. It's already having the dip bot here too. This buy the dip mentality in this market is just unbreakable. Uh, and nice. in, 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 in the tech, that is.
0: Yeah, well, for right now, I mean, someone came right in and made a stand right at, uh, right at the 242 area, 41.90 is your pre-market low. I'm not seeing anything there uh, on the dailies. Uh, for the, as far as your daily go lows, let's let's hold uh, Friday's low at 43.41 and then go up. I mean, if they're really going to buy the dip on this one, they'll, they'll perhaps test the close at 45.64. Uh four-day win streak in uh in meta here, but if you don't hold this forty three forty one, uh soft so- soft support here at two forty two. Your next daily low you may get a look at is two forty one nineteen in meta. And that look didn't we get the dip that it did after uh the last earnings you know it had a decent sell-off here right. wasn't more than like seven eight points and that right back. this is up, what we're so. in
2: we're in the market of momentum you know we're in the market of rotation we're in the market of the trend is your friend on individual stocks there's been no trend really on the s&p until recently when we started breaking out here but i tell yep. you a lot of chop in the s&p but I tell you, on the individual tech stocks, you can clearly see tech has been in the uptrend. The IWM has been in the downtrend. That is trying to break as the regional banks start to slow, show a little bit of strength here. And that's why, you know, you were asking me earlier why, you know, the S&P started to break out. I think it's the laggard, you, you You saw, you know, Thursday and Friday morning where they started to come in, buying some regionals, buying some laggards. That kind of came off a little bit Friday afternoon. They started hitting the regionals back here again. But, I mean, you know, you've got just the tale of two markets, and it continues. Your relentless strength in anything tech, especially AI-related, and then the the relative weakness in, you know, everything that's smaller, IWM, et cetera. So, you know, does that eventually change? I think so. But, you know, right now, Trend has been your friend on tech for a long time.
1: All right, we'll see what happens there in that. But now I, I want to bring us over to something to keep an eye out for today. So, of course, there's going to be two big investor day events, and uh, you've got to keep an eye out for these because we could get something hitting the tape in the intraday. We'll get J.P. Morgan Chase and Ford investor day today, so pay attention. And also for Ford, there is news out there. Energy Source Minerals announced a contract with Ford for geothermal lithium. Um, so, that could be giving Ford already a little bit of a jump up. I'm sure we'll hear more about that today at the investor day. So, stay tuned for that. JP Morgan chase also, of course. Maybe we get some banking news coming out of that. So, keep your eyes on JP Morgan and Ford.
0: Boy, oh boy, Ford! You still get that under twelve bucks, uh, up six cents. Not really moving off it. We talked about, you know, the GMs hanging out here, near low of the move. Uh, you know, once again, this whole, you know, tale of two markets. You know, we're, you know. Look at this. Tell, tell someone that owns Ford or GM here that uh, that you're in a bull market. And GM oh, yeah. had nothing but great earnings reports. So we could talk about the housing Nothing but great and
2: reports, and they just don't care because they don't see them as anything to do with technology or AI. Nope. And it's, again, the tale of two markets here. And Tesla has, you know, since the Musk interview with Faber, um, has had this strong bid. And why? I I... I You know, he didn't say anything about, you know, he kind of talked about, you know, sales going down. He talked about a tough second half. He talked a lot of bad stuff. But what he said was key, and this is all the market cares about, is that Tesla is an AI company. And that in a year and a half, these cars are going to be driving themselves. And people Uh have bought that stock ever since. Anything to do with AI, people are gasping to get in there. So, I mean, this is just the way this market is right now. The hot story is AI. And that has really no signs of breaking here yet. It will break eventually. And I think that story is real, though. That's the one thing about AI. I think on the pullbacks here, some of these stocks that are positioned well are going to be buys. Tesla is seen as an AI company, complete separation. here starting to show life, and that's completely because of that Musk interview.
0: And it filled the gap, the earnings gap. Wouldn't get uh fill it on the downside, did fill it on the upside on Friday, up 79 cents. Uh trading in the pre-market. So always like to look at where it was at one eighty fifty nine. Where it was at the day that it uh, it had, I believe, what was that earnings when it had the drop? So uh, important, filled the gap. But let's uh, let's establish a bid here above one eighty. Work our way up, perhaps to one ninety. But gap fill in Tesla on the upside here.
1: All right. I'm going to keep it moving here. Let's go to top ratings of the day today. There's a couple of them that I feel are really important. Let's get to those action. DraftKings, the first one, and then we'll get to uh, lovely Apple. DraftKings shares are trading higher after UBS upgraded the stock from neutral to buy and raised its price target from 19 to $30. Now I will let you guys know that um I didn't give DraftKings money, but I definitely gave some sports betting money this last weekend. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How about you? Heat, <laughs> Of Can course the Miami it? Heat, baby. Can I believe it, Joe? Come on, baby. This is what we do. Miami <laughs> Heat. Tough, baby, this is what we do. It's the Miami Heat culture, sure baby. Winning
2: teams. The sure only
1: teams, teams. The only NBA team that has three undrafted players and has gotten them to where they are today. So if you want to get better, you might want to go to the Heat.
0: Who, who are the I three say.
1: undrafted players? You got Struce, you got Vincent, and of course, uh, Martin. And if you really look, one thing that I would tell you is that the Miami Heat, it's all about the next man up mentality. And I think that we all need to be kind of the next man up mentality. What does that mean? That you're always ready. You're always on top of your game, trying to work to that level so that when your name gets called, you're ready to go and ready to play. Uh, As well, you guys see, Jimmy it's, Butler. It's, he, yeah, and you and don't want to get him mad,
0: right? And also you also uh Duncan Robinson. You gotta, yeah, Duncan. You gotta give it to my boy. The, the, my, it's Spolstra. I'll give it to your coach and Pat Riley. But, that's who it okay. is. Sports. Sports digression. They're gonna. I had to. I had to. Draft
1: Kings. Draft Kings. Draft Kings.
0: Draft Kings. High of the move. It, you fell asleep in.
1: then, is because you weren't I'm, watching hockey.
0: Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I
2: know. I'm a hockey guy up here. I, I know. I know. I don't. Hey, uh, Go it's Panthers. the worst.
1: Like I go don't I just can't Arr- get into this playoffs. No, no fifth overtime, here. Let's no overtime here, so let's get into DraftKings. DraftKings popped, popped over, high
0: of the move, 25.34. Uh, that was your high on the earnings day, and you get, they're respecting that so far in the pre-market trading. Uh, 25.09 is uh, your pre-market high. So that's the, it's the only area I can give you uh, of potential resistance. I don't know what company it was that did this. Uh, 24. Oh, UBS 2458 has been the high close of the move. I'd be happy if you know if you're a bull, you just want to see it uh, close above that. And then, uh, Penn has that gotten off the mat yet? No. Wow,
2: no, it got Penn just coupled in with the major casinos because they're online. So, if you look, it's you know, it's been a week Pen just can't get anything going. Go DraftKings Kings, I mean, you know, it's hard to fade when you get an upgrade. On a stock that's been having in such an uptrend, it seems to continue. So I think, you know, this could break it out. I think we take out the 25, 35 high on DraftKings here today. Um, this is the tale of two markets. You got DraftKings versus Penn, which two stocks that I used to pair trade together to a certain extent. Yeah. Tale of two markets. They don't like Penn. They like DraftKings. Again, Penn, you know, has the physical casinos too. So, you know, maybe that holds it back. The Barstool Sports, a lot of different stuff going on there. But I mean, these two stocks used to be somewhat related. Not at all anymore. This is completely broken down. DraftKings oh, wow. continues to get stronger here. DKNG, rocking and rolling. I think it's breaking out to new highs this year.
1: You know what I just caught, guys? I just caught that Church Downs, Church Hills Downs is actually doing a split today. Two for one. I'm seeing okay. right now. Mm. Oh, yeah, two That's for it. one split. There yeah. you go. Bring it there down. There go. Make it easier to trade. Yeah, that was interesting. I just caught that right now, looking in the industry. So uh, indefinitely, Penn has got a nowhere, man. I, d- I don't know about that company. It just can't get the lift. It's
2: just the separation here. Again, stock pickers market. They like one stock and they don't like others, and that doesn't change. I mean, this is yeah. just the way this market is here. Um, And, you know, and sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's just the analyst piling on to helps, Joel. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you've got a stock here that's up. It pulls back a little bit. Analyst upgrades it, goes up. It pulls back a little bit. Another analyst upgrades it. I mean, how much is driven by analyst piling on? You know, like we we can we can credit a lot, you know, with momentum, retail, Wall Street bets, whatever you want. How much is driven on these momentum plays by just the analyst pile on? Every time a video pulls back, are we up another upgrade or we get something else? Because they all freaking chase price. That's what they do. So, I mean, you've got to be the same thing. you got to almost just be buying the stocks again. That's why we keep saying. Buy dips on the stocks and uptrends. Sell rips on the stocks and downtrends because those trends just continue because there's so many momentum systems out there. The analysts are all riding momentum too. They're all scared to make contrarian calls. And, I mean, for good reason, because contrarian calls are tough. Again, when you find CHOP, you know, you can play that. But, you know, if you're just shorting stocks and uptrends here, it's been a
0: tough year. Those stocks continue to go higher. All uh, right. Wondered... Nvidia. remember, we, I mean, those guys, uh, we were making fun of them that were, like, upgrading it with the price targets at, like, yeah. 250 260 And uh, they showed us on that one, man. They did. Man, remember them, they, they, they did. Going, they, man. they stuffed it in our, our hat, man.
1: Yeah. i used to call the Tesla the dragon Nvidia is slowly but surely
0: taking over that name i mean uh <laughs> you boy, don't want to get in front of it, man. i mean who was it uh i mean they just keep raising their price targets on it and it got to them now they're gonna have to raise them again holy and ps no no offers in sight here we're up four and a half handles no. 4209. Just a drift higher.
2: The bulls are in complete control now here. You know, we've broken out the last couple of days. Regional banks have stopped going down to a certain extent here. But, you know, you get these pullbacks, you know, like micron down five bucks more. Like, oh, and they come back and they buy it back. I mean, it's just so relentless. Um, And it it doesn't matter. Like, throw fundamentals out the window. The earnings reports haven't been great. We have risk, you know, you know, China's all kinds of stuff to worry about but it doesn't matter right
1: now as a trader bulls are in charge you've got to go with it all right let's go to now of course i wonder if they'll buy this one uh, apple shares trading lower of course after loop capital downgraded apple to hold from buy here and definitely getting a little bit of a hit there what do you guys think about this or is this a dip might be bought
2: as long as it's above 170 bulls are still in control here so 170 is my would be my line in the sand you get the 160 you know 170s was the high back end of april then we dipped down there four days ago got 170 42 so as long as it stays above 170 the bulls are in control again i'm not buying any of these things in my long-term portfolio because they've just run too far and the valuations are too high. but i mean as trades here yeah you're buying the dip
0: uh, down a buck sixty-three. Uh, quite a bit off the pre-market low. Pre-market low comes in at one seventy-two sixty. This is a little bit different setup than you have uh, in uh, in the micron because you're considerably uh, below Friday's low. Friday's low came in at one seventy-four ninety-four. One seventy-five is a double close area. High the move on Friday seventy-five sixteen. So I like that as resistance. Uh, coming back on the downside. Wow, that almost matched the two-day low seventy-two fifty-eight and your pre-market low one seventy-two sixty. So there's uh there's your setups in Apple, not quite bouncing back as much as the Mic- Micron. Dennis, you were just talking about what a difficult stock it is to trade. Pops over sixty-seven there just for a second. Now back in the, the sixty-five handle, down two sixty-seven.
2: stock trade, Micron? If you're just starting trading this is the i i believe this may be the hardest tech stock to trade it does its own thing its headlines are random you know off dram off samsung off this it's just the king of random headlines you know you got a china random headline overnight there's some stocks are predictable when the headlines are going to come you know you got the earnings you know you've got this this just has random headlines hit it it seems like once a week and if you're trying to trade it off of technicals, you know, it's like, oh, it's looking good. It's breaking out. This is the one I want to be. And then boom, boom. Oh, it's down five bucks. It's like, what <laughs> just happened? Shakes you out, gets you out. And then they rally it back here again. MU, I've never had this conversation before, but it might be the most difficult tech stock to trade that's out there. So I literally, I tr- still try trading it. I don't know why. I should not trade this <laughs> stock. I should look at my, like, You should look at your see. sheet for I, last I year. I should pretty much guarantee you I lose money trading my Heartstock.
1: All right, let's keep it going. Let's get to the next headline here. We'll go to Plug Powers. You still got that, Dennis? Ah, uh, you, you let it go. Did I have plug? Yeah, I, I think for a little while you wanted to get in it. I don't know if you ever did get in it. You wanted to play for the. Uh, oh no, it's not. It wasn't plug. It was Palantir. That's what I confused it That's with. That's a big difference.
2: Yeah. Big no, difference. I big difference. No. Do you still got that? I, so I complained about Holy this one on the show bro. on Friday. No, I got shaken out of this. And I uh, screwed this trade up so badly. I was I'm sorry this for AI bringing it play. up. I'm that guy. I had, <laughs> Mitch, I had, I think, a quadruple-sized position on it. I was uh, big in volunteer. And it just kept leaking and leaking. And then I sold half. And I'm like, what are you going to do? I mean, I was in an 850. It was going to nine. It was looking good. It's 850, 825, eight, takes out the eight support. I'm like, we're breaking down. I'm like, you know, the story is just not grabbing. I can't believe it's not grabbing. And then I was on Joel's show on At The Close, and I talked about the earnings report before it reported. And I was like, I should rebuy my Palantir because, you know, on the conference call, they'll be talking a lot about AI. They start talking about AI on the conference call, Mitch, and it's never looked back. So sometimes you just got to, like, think logically of what's going to happen. People didn't see as an AI story, and then they mention it like crazy on the conference call, and now they can't stop thinking about it as an AI story. So I was ahead of the trade. I had good timing. Multiple people reached out to me and thanking me for Palantir. So I hope some other people held it because I was really bullish this stock, but I got shaken out of it. And it goes to show you, I mean, this is the way the market is. It's, you know, not a simple market. Sometimes you can be right and get your timing wrong. You lose money and you're like, wow, how did I lose money on that one? Bad timing.
0: Did uh, I, I think this moved off? Did this move off Kathy on Thursday? I'm yep. Looking. Yep. Yeah,
2: she bought a whole pile.
0: Yes, it did. Uh,
2: yeah,
1: that helps. That helps. Yeah, wow. is. She's Ow. back. She's she's back. In. I was talking about it. I did a show last week that I said Kathy's back, baby. It was all uh, about we that. We talked
2: about it on the show too, Mitch. When you were gone, I was like, I like nice. the quadruple bottom in ARKK. I kind of like ARKK here in the setup right now. Look at this quad bottom, Mitch. Yeah. Look at you know from initial, by, You can yeah. see it too under
1: in rally too. The twelfth, the fifteenth, the sixteenth, and the
2: seventeenth quad bottom there. So I, I, we even line, lined it up there on Thursday and said, hey, you've got your line in the sand here. This is obviously where you stop yourself out and there's room here. So I think there's still room in ARKK. If the market continues to go higher, it's got to be good for ARKK. So if you think this market's breaking out, especially if it's going to be AI driven, it's got to be good for ARKK. So I'd stop myself out. Again, You know, if you're looking to protect yourself, a 37.5 is a huge level. But I think there's room to 40. I kind of like Eric KK right now. I'm bullish
0: Kathy right now. You're bullish. Well, you I'm with at, you, Dennis. You gave, uh, you gave some good uh, downside there, right? The old uh, the old quad bottom. But I'm looking on the upside here, too. And I I see some uh, some potential resistance. Uh, at least, I know you said 40. I'm just looking at this whole 39.50. 30, uh, you hit, well, even a little bit lower than that. 39.17 was a high on April 19th. And then, ah, 39 43. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple highs in that area. If you want to buy it on strength instead of weakness here, I think you get above that 39-and-a-quarter area. You get a good look at 40. And then, uh, this is probably the tops. Dennis has mentioned, 40-50. There's a trio of highs. But, uh, yeah. Kathy, moving something to the upside, uh, Palantir. Yeah. And Nick good That was Dennis. I, I, yeah, man.
1: It's a beautiful throwback look, too. What I call the throwback look, right? And so, as soon as you get through the trend line, there's a trend line that runs right through there, through the thirty-seven fifty. You get above towards, of course, the thirty-nine, and then you get that nice pullback right to the trend line. Multiple days just hanging out there. Yeah, that seems like to me easily technical buying. It doesn't even have to have the story there. So we'll see we what happens. We do have
2: one thing to consider on ARKK. She's got a huge position in Zoom.
1: Yes, so we have Zoom reporting tonight. Nice. So you've got to be
2: somewhat careful with buying today because it could get hit relatively speaking. America disappoints. And and we we gave you this one too, Zoom. So we were right. I mean, you know, a lot of people were right, we're wrong. You're not gonna be right hundred percent of the time, you're right fifty five percent of the time. You're gonna make money. We talked about Zoom set up at sixty four, and we're like, This is actually setting up to you know run into earnings and this is one that has run into earnings Um, i've had it and traded it from the long side a few times last week it's been a good one moving up here into the report
0: i will not hold it through the report Seventy looks big on the upside uh, for for Zoom, of course, with the report. Anything seventy ten, and then you hit what you hit on Friday, uh, seventy twelve. So that's a good area. Let's see Zoom. It's after the bell today, and then we get into some retail earning stocks tomorrow. But uh, you never thought, wow, look at that rally in Zoom. <laughs> it's at seventy bucks, but uh, nice move just in the month of May. I certainly wasn't sell May and go away in Zoom the easiest product in the world to you world to use all right let's uh let me run right quickly through that plug news because i did
1: kind of chop that up but let's get right back through that um and then we'll go to our guests just coming up right after this sure uh plug lands three electrolyzer deals for european green hydrogen projects in it's hard decarbonized industries so that's definitely giving plug a little bit of a lift here um of course this is kind of like off the bottom And one thing that I would know is that remember when we were talking about plug in the kind of the 2020 time, this thing went to like 74. We kind of always reminded that, I mean, hydrogen really hasn't taken off. Right. And I don't I don't think it ever will. I mean, this has been a company that's been trying to do this for now. It looks like what, like 30 years. It just doesn't seem like it's ever going to kick off. That's what I would say about hydrogen
2: it has been you know in the story here it got hot all stories got hot in 2021 everybody got bailed out long-term bag holders were getting bailed out we talked about this back in 2021 too remember the one time i looked at my long-term mm-hmm. portfolio in 2021 and i had like 80 stocks in there and three were red i'm like this is not normal to have like you know 77 of your 80 stocks so they only go long in my long-term portfolio to be up and that was the biggest selling opportunity it was this 2021 to sell it all and go to cash then. And, you know, it was just so many stocks, like long-term bag holders and all these others, plug power going from five to 70. It was just all silly town. And you know what? We've come back to reality. And now you're getting separation. Good companies, bad companies, companies' stories that stayed hot, companies' stories that are not hot. I agree with you here, Mitch. I don't see plug power as hydrogen story. As the turnaround, this is what's going to change. I mean, we've moved on from this. So I think the story is over. Sometimes Uh, stories cool off and sometimes they're over. I feel like the plug power story is over.
0: Yeah, we're, I mean, just from a technical standpoint, this has not been over eight bucks in a while, or at least hold eight. So trading up 41 cents. So if you uh, can hold eight here, it doesn't look like there's much in the eight handle uh, until you get up to uh, eight. 85 but uh we talk a lot about uh ai right and uh, a while ago we had on rob lacasio he's the founder and uh ceo over there at LivePerson, and we're gonna bring him in for an update good morning rob how you doing on this uh, this monday morning good how are you doing Good, good. so uh, we had you on uh, a while ago, uh, just, uh, uh, just after your last earnings report, and uh, you had a lot to say to us, so you had an, another earnings report, uh, a little bit better, uh, but uh, first let's get an update on you know, what you're hearing from the big companies, the C-suites, about AI and their risks and their benefits.
3: Yeah, we, uh, we launched our Generative AI uh, products about two weeks ago on May 2nd and um, you know, there's definitely demand in the market for these products. Obviously we've been an AI company, but we added all the new uh, technology around it. The biggest part is they're looking for safety and security. And, and, you know, a lot of what we've seen is with ChatGPT and everything is, you know, some challenges and they call hallucinations where the, the AI gives you sort of fake information. So we're really focused on what we call EAI, enterprise AI and that's to bring safety, security, and scalability to using this technology. But we're, we're one of the first to the market, we're GA. We're actually, it's, they're out there, our customers are using it in production right now. And so um, it's no longer a toy, it's something that's actually gonna drive uh, business outcomes for our customers.
0: And what about uh, new new use cases uh for ai and uh not only how are they going to drive growth for your company yeah. uh but you know for the people that you're doing work for their brands and uh also like how are we going to use ai in travel retail finance healthcare telecoms yeah. etc
3: yeah so you know we we have these we have about a hundred of the largest brands in the world about three thousand total customers we got the big telcos and banks and insurance companies and you know they've been using our platform to drive the conversations with their consumers so they automate those conversations and your messaging even now we have voice voice ai but the the big opportunity is that is the data set we we sit on a billion conversations uh every year produced on our platform but if we take a specific brand uh, like a telco th- those are the conversations that consumers are having with the customer support reps or the sales sales teams and what we're doing is that we're giving access to that information to other departments. So, for instance, a marketing department can come in and say, "Tell me the top ten reasons our customers are not buying uh, a hand, you know, a, a, an Apple, an iPhone. Uh, tell me what, you know, what ad campaign I can create to sell more iPhones." Let's say. So our data set's so rich um, that I mean, I was I was with a customer the other day. And their IT guy came and he, he asked the machine, uh, what are the you know, top reasons people are having problems with our website? And the machine told him, here's the top reasons, because the consumer data set, in our, which is very powerful, and that uh, drives other business outcomes. So we're seeing now we're going to proliferate the access to that data through the large language models, through generative AI, to other people in the organization. And that's a big opportunity for us.
1: All right. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, Rob, I just came back from VCon 2023 and there was a lot of talk of how AI and blockchain would come together to help us validate data sets. Right. We all see those deep fake videos out there. I don't know if anyone has seen the Jerome Powell one. That one's really funny. I would tell you to check it out. Um, But definitely, of course, as we get closer and closer, more usage for AI, how will blockchain also come into this? Are you guys looking at that technology to help?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not focused as much on blockchain right now, um, but you can think about the authentication of data sets, authentication of people. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, the deep fake uh, perspective or that can happen is real. I mean, I, I synthesized myself, my voice, mm-hmm. and I've loaded data and you can talk to me now through a phone number. And so you would never know it's not me. And so the ability to then take that and, and, you know, wow. and, and use that in an abusive way or steal that is really what I think um, how the blockchain can come together. But right now, the exciting part with AI is that the data sets are really where there's going to be a tremendous value. We've been talking about the large language models, but now the data sets is where people are starting to focus and say which companies have these proprietary data sets that can
1: power a high quality outcome with AI. So am I talking to Rob or the Rob AI? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I want to know.
3: <laughs> I'm so tempted on my next quarterly call to have my AI. <laughs> like after doing 92 quarterly calls or whatever I've done, I'm like, I'm just going to send the AI out. First, I'm going to see if I can spoof my wife and see if she doesn't
0: know it's <laughs> me. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <No> use <laughs> cases out there. there are definitely cases, growing, like,
3: man. to the AI.
0: So. The future of technology. Uh, if you could really... Uh, pull, pull something like that off um, okay I think the big thing about AI right now uh, is just the lack of trust uh, in the tech companies and like you know you just like you just mentioned that you know you're privy to you know whatever a billion conversations on something i think that 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 is that that's a big concern for uh consumers that uh you know this data if it got in the wrong hands you know of the wrong people but uh talk about the lack of trust of the tech tech companies and what can we do about it
3: yeah so I, this is a big concern because I've said this for many years, and, and actually I, I, I created a nonprofit called Equal AI uh, four and a half years ago that's that's focused on, you know, about this idea of trust and data sovereignty and privacy and, and bias and all that. So so we create this nonprofit that's out there working with the largest companies. So I have a, I have a real strong point of view on the fact that, you know, AI is obviously the next largest companies will be AI companies. That's why everyone's in it. Even the current big tech are vying for who's going to win that war. And I think we have an opportunity now to change the game. As in, we saw what happened in search and in uh, social media, um, and it just it just eroded the trust in technology. And I've been you know doing this since 1995, and it wasn't always like that. Uh, it just it happened over the last 10, 15 years. We have to establish rules um, in which uh, AI is being used, uh, especially by the, the companies, but also for people's personal uses. So I think where it's all going to go is eventually I'll have my own AI but my, and my models also around that AI, which will be localized on my, on my machine, on, on my phone. I, I, ultimately, I have to own my own data. I have to own the models that are being trained around that data. And models are getting much more uh, easy to use and cheaper to use, and they can run on a desk, on a, hand, a handset. So, this is where I think the consumer will own their own models, their own data set, and then the, the business has theirs, and then they come together to get things done. But I think that's the way it'll play out. And the largest AI companies will adhere to that. So, I, I do agree. We ha- I actually think we have a shot at redefining the trust in technology, but I don't think it's going to come from big tech. I just think they, they did what they did and they, they kind of, I, I don't think you can put the you know genie back in the bottle right now for them, but I think companies like ours can create a new narrative, a new future.
1: Exactly. Now, uh, Rob, I'd like to ask you, of course, about your recent report and how yeah. you see your company reaching its milestones, anything down the pipeline that we should also keep an eye out for.
3: Yeah. I mean, in Q1, we, we were on the top end of the guidance for revenue. We beat the, the EBITDA number, you know, we, as you know, last quarter, I talked about we did this massive restructuring to get the company profitable and to get us in a place that we could focus down on this big opportunity. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're in, we have a strong business model now and we're building now growth from that. And for us, it's just continuing to execute on releasing these new products. Um, it's an exciting time. We're in a kind of a pole position because there's, there's only about 10 of us in the world that can say, I mean, we have $400 million in revenue that have the size and scope of our customer base. We have the technology. We've been involved with this technology for over five years. And uh, we're vying for you know the win against big tech and other companies. But there's only a handful of us. In public, there's only a couple of us. So I think it's a great opportunity now, um, especially for investors, to bet in. And obviously, our, our shares got pretty hit after the last uh, quarter. But there's an opportunity here now. As We feel it. We're excited
1: about it. Now, one thing that has been talked about, and I also caught it from Airbnb's earnings report, is an automated concierge, right? And I think that this is where AI really comes into play now, right? One thing that I'm thinking about AI, and I heard this kind of being talked about, is seeing it like kind of like a smart buddy with you, right? Not necessarily all the answers, but someone that you could definitely go to to help you continue to push kind of efficiency higher, Um Keep, of course, expenses lower. How is this going to be an automated concierge for businesses out there, Rob?
3: Yeah, you know, we, we call it a digital twin. So, um,
1: like, you know, th- there's going <laughs> to
3: be this digital twin of me, and that digital twin's going to go out in the market and and do things for me because it's still so hard to like work with brands. This is what we do for a living, like like working with an insurance company and uh, you know getting them to pay a bill for something. Like I had this with a dentist. They didn't want to pay for my cavity to get filled and they sent me something. And, and I'm like, I don't have the time to call for 150 bucks. You just want to send your AI out to take care of that. And, and that'll be possible. Or Book a trip for me, you know, find out a trip for my family and really discover uh, the type of trip I should take. So this is all within reach now. It's, it's something that I've been thinking about for a while. Once again, I do think the, this digital twin has to be mine. I have to own the data. I own the model. And I send it out and then the brands have an interface to communicate with them to get things done, but it world's going to get much easier for us. You know, technology is about bending the arc of time and how do I get more time back and AI uh, and what it can do with these digital assistants can really do that. And, and that's our vision too. You know, we, we see that as part of our overall play as we move more and more, you know, up market to the consumer.
0: Uh, one more question for you. And this is uh... Not so much related to your company, but just, you know, overall, you know, we've been hearing about autonomous driving, right? And uh, self-driving cars has been talked about for a while. Uh, Tesla actually, you know, made the claim that a year and a half or two, they'll be much more. I mean, you've been in the industry for a while. You've seen the evolution. You've seen the up and downs. Where where do you think we are at? And really, realistically, uh, that come into fruition.
3: I mean, the first time I rode in an autonomous car was at a conference. We did at Carnegie Mellon six years ago, and they, had, they were partnering with Uber. And I remember I got in the car, and, and the car took off. They did have an engineer behind the wheel, but he was on his laptop. And literally, we, we made it all the way around the city. And that was six years ago. And I was like, wow. I was just blown away by uh, what it could do. So I, I don't, I, that, that's kind of done. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we're far off from there. I, I just think if every car was an autonomous vehicle, it actually would be done because then you wouldn't have people that potentially could hit another car. Think about it, if every car had that technology, that's when it turns over. So I think it's just a question of when does every car get enabled with it so that all cars are communicating with each other and they, they know where they are. But the ability to look around and see that there's a human or walking or there's a dog coming out in front of you I mean, that stuff is there. So I just feel like it's, it's just it, the car manufacturers just need to put it in as a standard. And once we get it as a standard, we're kind of done. And I think that's just that's it's a question of time. You know, how, how long does it take to overturn every car and, and put new cars out or even the used cars for them to get some implementation of this? But but that technology is kind of done. You know, that, that's the way I see it today.
1: Well, definitely, guys. Check out, of course, LPSN live yeah. person, and we'll have you back on, Rob. Thank you for giving us a little bit of a you know, step inside of the future with AI, and we'll definitely be keeping up with your company. Looking forward to hearing more. Appreciate That'd it, Rob. Nice. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Bye. All right, let's take a peek back into the market and see how everything's looking. What are you seeing underneath the hood, Joel? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, we we got a rally. We got up to uh, forty two ten fifty. Just just a creeper rally here. Uh, not much on the upside. As I mentioned on Friday, uh, we made a new high for the move at uh, forty two twenty seven seventy five. Uh, that's twenty handles away. That's a target. Uh, high close of the move is uh, bid forty two twelve. And uh, that was on Thursday. So we stopped shy of there, the pre-market. I mean, the bulls the bulls got to step up here. Uh, they defended 4,200 uh, two days in a row with two closes. Let's see if we can do it three days in a row. All right, let's go to the next news here. We're going to go
1: to Zim Integrated Shipping Earnings. I don't know if you guys watched this one, but uh, an interesting chart. And I'm sure Dennis has something cool that he to tell you guys.
2: percent yield, I don't think it's sustainable. <laughs> So it pays that huge dividend. The problem is the stock goes down by more than the dividend continuously yeah. here. So this is I don't know the how problem. they
1: reaffirm fiscal year guidance on this. Uh, but I don't know they the fundamentals always
2: sound pretty good on this thing, but the stock <laughs> yeah. just continues to go lower. you know, and we we give yeah. Kramer heat sometimes. He's been absolutely right on this. He was like sell this thing at 60, 50, 40, 30, 20. He's been bearish this thing all the way down. So he's got this one absolutely right. So props Jim Kramer. Um, I don't touch this thing. I don't understand it. Um, you know, obviously you can see 106% dividend and you're like, Oh, this is great. But then, you know, the thing will fall, you know, <laughs> I know it's mm-hmm. gonna fall hundred percent next year. Cause that would be a zero, but it just seems to continue to fall more than the dividend. So at a certain point in time, you know, they were telling me, Oh, it's got a 30% dividend. It's got a 50% dividend. It's got an 80%. Now it's got a 106% dividend cause the stocks went from 80 to 60 to 40 to 30 to 20 to $16. I don't know. Trend absolutely not your friend in this one. I have no idea
0: when this thing turns around. Uh, I got hit today, trying to bounce back off the pre-market low. This kind of reminds me of uh, dry ships. Remember when they kept on oh, doing the reverse splits, reverse splits? This one we've been talking about the dividend for a while, but uh, just the um, dry ship story has never the, that that, know, that never was a horrible ended.
2: Story. Yeah, I know they just kept reverse splitting. The stocks just kept going lower. I guess it's finally gone, but. Yeah, that was you know Marcus what I pulled trick. up
0: triple BY is gone. <laughs> or I...
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it, what's went off the board. It's on the when did
0: it go? Board. Oh, okay, because I know BB... oh, no, no, it's got enough. five symbols now. What is it? Oh Mitch,
2: man, B-B-B-Y-Q, or something?
1: BBBYQ, exactly. You got it. <laughs> I next. just guessed it. You got uh, it. So friend. you're
2: 18 cents there. You yeah, know what I was I love in over the weekend cents. though? I was in Toronto over the weekend here and uh, in the Eaton Center. And Nordstrom going out of business in the Eaton Center, JWM store closing. They sound like everything. They were selling the shelves, they were selling Ooh. the mirrors on the wall, selling everything. I'm like, holy man, this is not what you want to see if you were along this stock. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and obviously I've had Coles, and you wonder if that doesn't go the same way here, too. <laughs> they um, need to call know,
1: Ryan Cohen because that's the only way that, that JWN
2: is in trouble. I mean, if that's—I don't know how they're doing yeah, in the man. states, but they're closing her down in the Eaton Center here. It's I mean, Dillard's in trouble. Dillard's is never in trouble. <laughs> I had no idea what Jollard. the Dillard story is. How they how they have separated themselves from the Nordstroms and from the Macy's and the Coles. I have no idea. At, no, Dillard's is its own animal. That's another do not trade stock.
1: Last <laughs> four months though, red candles.
0: Yeah, yeah, Dallas Dillard's coming in. <laughs> <Dennis> <laughs> like, I'm not getting in front of that rocket. <laughs> no. Um,
2: and Nordstrom here, like you think, oh, five percent dividend, they'll eventually turn it around. Store is closing. It feels like a bed bath and beyond story. It felt like that to me. When I was in there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is probably like I felt like I felt like it's feels like it's going the way of bed bath and beyond to nordstrom i don't know maybe the states are different maybe the stories are different but i see the stock chart and you see stores closing the main store in the eaton center that's the biggest you know toronto biggest city in canada it's the biggest mall in toronto that's the hub like the the two-story three-story you know it's a three story store it's like the main store and the whole dang mall closing down it's like oh man it's not did you good.
0: buy anything
2: i bought a pair of socks and then I wore the pair of socks all day, and they got a hole in them already. So I'm like, nah. They were supposed to be high quality. Everything was 50% off. Everything man, where are you walking,
1: Dennis? <laughs> you I walked around
2: Toronto. Socks. And I got a hole in the socks already. I was like, well, I guess I know why these were 50% off. Because they're only one-time use. Dennis. One-time use socks.
1: It's called shoes, man. You can't walk I was looking more at the, at the shelves.
2: <laughs> they had the tables. I was looking at that stuff. I was like, man. You know, they're Dennis. the deals here. Are on he's like, not
1: trying to buy the clothes fifty percent off. No, no, off. I was looking he's at the China buy the clothes on. The and literally tables. they
2: had like the nice wooden tables. Like I'm like four hundred dollars a wooden table. I'm like if you want if you're in Toronto and you were buying furniture, the wooden tables in Nordstrom right now four hundred dollars. It's like a two thousand dollar table, and it's like four hundred bucks. I Dennis mean, they had gonna... the big mirrors, you know, that you're looking at yourself. The big, the huge mirrors, like ten foot mirror, huge, you know, commercial mirror. 400 bucks, 600 bucks. I see Dennis. Three, $4,000 mirrors. You started that garage sale? There are some deals there to be had, but this is not what you want to see if you own the stock.
1: Yeah, not what you want to see. And Macy's also in trouble, too. You guys see Macy's coming down there. Retail week. Um, There's definitely some retail stocks going to be reporting. Anything on your guys' radar uh, for retail week?
0: Uh well before before that I just Foot Locker man. Are they like Foot Locker Man? Are they well, not selling shoes anymore? I, mean, are... I talked about this for a while when it was up
1: at 45. I talked about how Nike keeps going more to DTC. Yeah. And majority of brands are going more to DTC because do they truly need Foot Locker anymore? They do not i really think so they don't no, need them we
2: talked about this too this is not just a story of like retail consumer being slow this is a C. story that you don't need Foot locker anymore. direct to consumer baby that's the way I, that brands want to go yeah and mall based everything this is everything you don't want in a company and exactly So, again, there are dips to buy. We talked about this on Friday. I remember talking about this. and It was 31. I was like, there are dips to buy in stocks. Foot Locker is not one of those dips. This is not one they're buying right back. This isn't Micron. This isn't NVIDIA. This isn't got an AI story behind it. This is a mall-based shoe store where they're going direct to consumer more. This is like the past. You don't want to be in the past. You want to be in the future. I would stay far away from Foot Locker just my opinion
1: comment from Jay Rice you know we like to catch some comments in the chat he's talking about how look at Crocs boots on on right direct to consumer why not
2: go those at least right over Foot Locker I mean if you got to be in the shoes like why not go there instead but why I don't even know if you want to be anywhere near this but I, I don't see any potential turnaround for Foot Locker here I don't see any potential turnaround for Nordstrom all these mall-based retailers are in a world of pain. There are certain stores in the malls. The malls are still kind of busy. But again, like, it's just the consumer has changed. And you're right. They're going direct to consumer here, Mitch. It's just a different world here now. And, you know, some companies have adapted to that new world, and some companies have not. The Foot Lockers and the Nordstroms are the have-nots.
1: Yeah, and it's a, a new change model, I think, that we gotta be looking out for. I even see deck turning around and I would already start warning a little bit on that stock because that stock's been on a kind of it looks like uh what a one point two a whole year trend higher. Looks like it really found uh, some. Yeah, yeah, it got foot.
0: Boy, there was some sympathy trades there. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh off, off that uh off so. that foot locker. Holy macro. All right, let's
1: go. One last news here to get to, and then we'll go to. uh, Actually, you know what? Let's get right towards our Trade Zero segment. We can talk about it with Trade Zero. Let's do this. All right, let's go to net change up. Let's take a look at net zero and see what we're finding here. And um, I do see some interesting companies showing up here. First one I want to get into is a news, right? Let's go to West here as they had news today that shares are trading higher after the company sold $2.6 billion in construction loans to a subsidy in Kennedy Wilson Holdings. So as you guys can see, the action today starting to bounce back. Um, definitely, even getting a little lift right now. Nine fifteen, we're at six thirty-three. KRE's been getting a little lift, also. How are you guys feeling about regional banking now?
0: Nice bounce, I say, just not yeah. that. Uh, um, I just keep a real close eye on uh, the six sixty level. Uh, that's a pair of highs from the last two. Or no, going back to the beginning of May. I mean, these. I mean, they're not nice rallies in these things, but. These big up open, well, this is not a huge up open, but to me, it's opening the resistance. The overall situation, we haven't lost any more banks since last week, so that that's a good thing.
2: I mean, this is why the market, again, you know, when you guys were away, though, the market started to take off is because we started getting mass participation for a couple of days. It started to slow a little bit, but the IWM actually moved up to a one-month high. So I mean, we haven't seen that for a while. You know, we've held the double bottom in the IWM. If you can get IWM, and you can get you know the mass, like the majority of stocks, starting to participate here, that's where this market really will have legs. So I mean, it has been led by those five or six stocks, and obviously there's some other stocks participating too. But there's been 300 stocks in the S&P not participating. 300. So I mean, you get some of those participating, that's where you could really start to see this market go. So. So far, so good in the last few days. Starting to see some life. You know I've been taking a position in the IWM in the long-term portfolio. I feel like there is some value there. Uh, But if you get more regional bank failures, that'll collapse. So it's all about the regional banks at the IWM. Hopefully, you know, we don't get any more failures. And hopefully that can continue. And that will propel us up. If we get the IWM starting to bounce back, that's what could propel us up to new highs.
1: Well, my show last week on Tuesday was really focused towards would China stocks start catching the dip, the China tech names. And it looks like, of course, we're seeing a little bit of a move up higher. I've been focusing on like C web and FXI just because I don't want to be towards only one company. I want to try to give myself the tiniest bit of diversity, right? So it's not just maybe one stock that crushes me on an overnight catalyst in China. Uh, but what do you guys think about this as we're starting to see CWEB web move higher, um, FXI? What do you guys we think? We saw
2: this happen, Mitch. We saw China catch a bit a few days and then boom, they implode again. And it's yeah. like, holy, like Baba goes from 80 to 90. And it's like, oh, it's starting to finally look good at it. Boom, boom, boom. It's two days, it's right back to 83. Yes, we bounced to 85. Is there value in China stocks? Absolutely. Is there geopolitical risk? Too much. And that's why, you know, that Musk interview. So let's just take it back to the Musk interview again. If you are anywhere in the opinion that Musk could possibly be correct on that interview. And he basically said that it's not a matter of when. This is basically what he said. It's not a matter of if China invades Taiwan. It's a matter of when. You know, it's really what he said. You know, he said one doesn't have to read between the lines. One can read the lines. He basically said China is eventually going to invade Taiwan. The day that happens, China stocks fall 30%. So I'm like, I don't know. I think they hold up. But this is the reason that China is not participating. Because we don't know if he's going to do that. You know, we don't know for certain. But it sure sounds like a lot of smart people think that she is eventually going into Taiwan. And that's why these stocks have underperformed so much. And you can say, you know, in the chat, you can say, oh, yeah, we've been talking about this for the last year, me and money, Mitch. But you know what? In the last year, these China stocks have gone nowhere but down. So whatever the reason, even though they haven't invaded, the stocks are still going down. So you still haven't made money being in China. And they has not invaded. So, I mean, the geopolitical risk is just too high for me to go Long, even for trades, it's hard, Mitch. Because what if that headline hits overnight? What yeah. if that happens? You don't know, like when that could happen. I think it's going to happen too. I truly believe. I'm with Musk that eventually it's going to happen. I don't know when, but the day that happens, it's one a disaster for all markets, but two really a disaster for China stocks. So, I mean, if you believe that there's no way she's going to go into Taiwan, these China stocks are buys. I don't think that's the case. I think eventually he goes in. I think those China stocks collapse on that day. Absolutely, like, shocking collapse. So it's scary to be in these stocks.
0: All right. right. uh, I'm just going to finish up here, and I'll let you guys do the the down filter there. Uh, We're up a couple points here. Uh, pre-market high is forty-two 10, 50, uh, be looking at the close that, that high close of the move. We get above forty-two twelve, Then, uh, let's set our targets on that high from Friday and, uh, establish another bid. Let's uh, another close over 42. So great to be back with you guys. Uh, go get them out there. I'll be back with you later. All
1: right. Joel's hopping out of here. Like always, you I got go to go this with is disaster day for plus. me. I'm for on it, the wrong
2: Dennis. side of all news today. You know, so, I mean, I sometimes it, you come in. When you trade overnight, sometimes you're going to be on the right side of the news. Sometimes you're going to be on the wrong side of the news. It usually balances itself out to a certain extent. You get, oh, I'm on the right side of this piece of news, wrong side of this piece of news. You have some days that you're just like, I'm on the right side of everything. This is just an awesome day. And you have other days, I'm just on the wrong side of everything. And this day just sucks. That's one of those days. How do you deal with those days? You take your losses, you move on, you start your day fresh the next day. It's just a matter of, you know, as a, there's a lot of skill set in trading, but on any given day, there's a lot of luck. And, you know, what I have to learn and what I've been trying to learn for my 23 years career is just not to get frustrated on the days that you're not having luck. You're going to have bad days. We can't all be Ken it Citadel, and, you know, just, you know, making money and printing money every single day forever. You know, he has too many advantages. It's not going to happen. You know, if we're trading in the real world, which everybody else is, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, shake the bad days off, start with a clear head, take the losers, move on. That's how you survive.
1: That's how you do it, baby. Go do what you do best, Dennis. See you, man. Get to your trading action, my friend. All right, we're going to get you guys over, of course, to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, team. I'm super excited to get into some live trading action. Of course, I've been out of the hot seat, so we're going to focus in on growing the small account, right? Been growing the small account already up about 10% on that small account, and Ryan's up even more than I am. So if you guys want to see what's going on in the small account challenge, and of course, some of our day trading in swing trading action come up to the next show right now don't go anywhere team i want to see you guys there and of course I, i do want to apologize publicly to the book club i was a little bit just a tiny bit tired yesterday um, you guys could probably see it even the bags in my eyes today, but I was working hard all weekend long, team. Um, some days working even up to 14 hours a day. So if you guys can do me the favor, you guys want to join the book club this week because this Sunday, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a special session. It's going to be an hour long. I'll combine two sessions together. We'll run through the book. We'll get through it. I'm really ready to go into more books. I got books from the conference. I got some free books that I really want to get us to. Um, and get us to that next level. So if you guys want to join the book club, we got over 500 members now. So definitely proud of you guys out there wanting to learn and up your skills. Now coming up, we got live trading. Don't go anywhere, team. And I hope that you guys enjoyed all the action today. And don't forget, like always, guys, this is all for informational purposes only, not investment advice. And opinions do not represent those of Benzinga. Hosting guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed here today. Now, to bring you over to live trading and hit the like on your way out.